Hello and welcome to Speak Your Truth and Look Good Doing It podcast. My name is Camila, or as you've seen me online, Maria Camila. I'm a brand strategist, photographer, and videographer. This work is about amplifying the visibility of conscious leaders and brands who are wanting to leave this world better than they found it. This podcast is about letting ourselves be seen, both physically and spiritually, and highlighting the nuances we experience as we are growing both personally and professionally. Thank you for being here, and let's go ahead and dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am excited today because I have a guest on my podcast today. And her name is Sheena Jean. So Sheena is a life coach. I don't know if she refers to her as her a life coach. But she is Sheena Jean on Instagram. Or you can look at Make One Day Happen. That is her brand that she's going to be growing, growing more and more. So I actually asked her to be on the podcast because I met Sheena in Phoenix and I met her when I didn't really have a lot of friends in Phoenix and she had sent me a DM because she was running a social club in Phoenix called Archipelago and Archipelago was a social club that felt like self-help classes with astrology and with dance classes and just it was kind of random but it was all still geared towards self-development and connections and it was one of those spaces where the activation of humans together was incredible and I believe it was all a reflection of her personal brand and I asked her to come on the episode because I wanted her to talk about what community meant for her and how you can build community Um, because building a community will be a reflection of your own personal values and I've been so many so part of so many communities here in Arizona and in my opinion some are more sticky than others meaning some are more up close than others I think some people think of community as let's just get a bunch of people from a certain demographic into a room and let's just give them alcohol (laughs) and just have them connect and I've been to so many of those networking events and I have just felt so empty. I have felt like there isn't really a connection. And sometimes I believe that that stems from the founder's uh, passion and the founder's transparency or their willingness to actually connect deeply with their community. And I think Sheena is one of those people where she's been so great at building community where the people that I met through Archipelago Everybody had so much love and affection for one another that to this day, where it's been almost a year and a half later after Archipelago ended, so many people are still friends. And even now, I think of people that I wholeheartedly admire and mean so much to me. I met them through Archipelago. That's where my like my soul-to-soul Arizona friends uh, began. And... Yeah, I think all of this is a beautiful result of the personal values of the person who starts anything. And I think that's the importance of personal branding is so much of your business is going to mirror back is how visible you're being, how honest you're being, how sincere you're being, and whether you're actually treating it like a relationship with you and your clients Or if you're just like, let me just get as many people in a room and, but not really have any kind of intimacy, even though it's all like a big community. So I'm going to let her take it from here. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead, rate and review. Other than that, thanks for listening. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Sheena Jean, and I'm going to let her is introduce herself. I, She's a person who has, within my surroundings, she has 
build a community that if you're from Arizona, if you ever heard of Archipelago, she was behind the scenes of what made up this community that no longer is a brick and mortar in Arizona, but the community is still so strong that I have friendships that to this day, a year and a half later, are friendships that really impacted me. But it all was born from this social group called Archipelago that was it wasn't necessarily started by Sheena, but she played a huge role in it. And today's topic is going to be about personal branding and building community, but how community is built from your values. And there's just different types of communities out there and how some can be more united than others. So I'm just going to let Sheena take it from here. Just introduce yourself. Tell us more about you, what you do and where you're at right now. Right. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. I, um, hi friends, I'm Sheena Jean and I'm a manifesting generator three, five. <laughs> if that means anything to you, then you'll have an immediate like, oh, um, if, if you're not into human design, please get into it. It's revolutionizing the world. And yeah, I have worn so many different hats in my lifetime. And I am just so grateful that we got to find each other in the archipelago chapter of life. And I, I'm a lot of things. I am a dope auntie. This is a season of my life where I'm a dope auntie and I'm really enjoying that. I um, have a company called Make One Day Happen, and it really exists to create a ripple effect in the world and elevate the vibration of human consciousness, which sounds like a lofty goal, and I'm so fucking here for it. I support people in their energy hygiene, uh, helping them find more clarity in their mindset through thought reprogramming and getting really clear on their purpose with vision and goals. And I do that with uh, cognitive and somatic tools and a lot of leadership development, a little bit of woo-woo, a little bit of science, a little bit of swearing. I have a podcast. I work with founders and really support them in finding that elusive work-life balance with an end goal of hopefully avoiding burnout because that shit is so real. <laughs> And I've been through it and uh, I never want to go back there and want to help as many people as I possibly can avoid that for themselves. And what I know is a key factor in that is having a strong community. And that can be really challenging if you're a founder or an entrepreneur as you're getting something started. And so um, I love community building. I've been a community builder for as long as I can remember, like just as a kid and like in my professional life as well. Um, I've opened three brick and mortars in my career, uh, Archipelago and Phoenix being the most recent one. Um, I opened a, we call that one the the wellness-based social club. Uh, I opened uh, what's called Here House in Aspen, Colorado, which was another social club. And I opened uh, Lululemon in Vail, Colorado. So uh, I've, I love the crazy task of building and opening and bringing people together. Someone recently was like, oh, you collect and gather, like you build and gather. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's, that's a good way to think about it. So yeah, I, I have so many interests. The manifesting generator side of me keeps me very busy and I love learning is basically what it all comes down to. I am obsessed with learning new things. I'm obsessed with, um, being really curious around people and cultures and, uh, development. And, um, it's been a journey to find the balance and like, okay, when am I enough as is, and I don't need to learn anymore. And how can I always stay curious and always have a beginner's mind and be open because there's just so many fucking experiences in this human life that we lead that, uh, I, I desire to soak it all up as much as I possibly can while I'm here. So that's a little bit about me and who I be. Yes, that was so much. And I loved it. Thank you so much. And something that stood up with me was you saying that you collect. Tell me again how you phrase that collect and gather or. Yeah, gather and build, build and gather, collect and 
I, someone just said it to me in a meeting earlier today. I was like, man, I need to write that down. And I didn't, but it, it definitely has to do with gathering people and building things. Um, I've, yeah, that's just been such a constant theme as I look back on my career and what it is that I do and some of my superpowers and uh, bringing people together and finding different ways to connect them, align them and uh, help them. You know, at Archipelago, we said, make new friends and be a better person. Like who doesn't want more of that? Mm-hmm. I know I do at least. I always, I'm always going to look for that in life. And so, um, yeah, I, there's, there's something so beautiful about community and the, it's such a vital part of healing. It is such a vital part of growth. It is, uh, we need it. Like we are, we are human beings that are designed to be in community and in a world that is actually getting us further away from that in a lot of ways. Like we're more disconnected. We're more on our own. We're, we have this screen that gives us this like faux reality. And there's a lot that's coming because of that technology has been like the biggest blessing and curse. I I feel like, and we live in an era. I specifically like my generation uh, was the last generation that didn't grow up with a screen in our face. And yet we also had a screen introduced to us at an age where we were able to adapt with it. And there's something really sacred about that to me and recognizing that technology is never going anywhere. Right. And how do we continue to bridge the, the, the divide between real life and online and how do we leverage the strengths of both knowing that we need that. We need to be able to have our in real life communities and experiences and then online and the world of technology is such an important tool that does offer connection in so many ways, but it's also disconnecting us in a lot. So, um, yeah. Speaking of connection, I want to know what your perspective is or what you have to say about community, because I feel like the communities you're able to build, or even as I've seen you traveling across, like in different states and just from what I've seen from you and what I experienced firsthand from your leadership and community, I feel like you're able to bring people together in a very close, human to human, like intimate way, but not intimate where it sounds like gross, (laughs) (laughs) intimate where it's like there, there are some serious lasting connections Mm. that at least I experience or I see people that they still have, but I know they were all I believe that communities that are really close knit, they're still close up close. There, it's a reflection of the leader. It's a reflection of the values that the leader, like where the leader is leading the group per se, and what values they're amplifying. And I want to know is what's your perspective on how to lead people, or how do you create such closeness with so many people that impacts them for the rest of their lives. Seriously, not even exaggerating. Yeah. Yeah. I love what Patty said at one of the closing parties, like our great grandbabies are going to know archipelago. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say for me, it probably comes down to curiosity is how to create a deeper connection. If we come into a space with the idea that we know everything, or if we judge a book by its cover, or we assume that something is this thing, which can be a really natural tendency uh, for humans. It's like kind of how we're like, oh, I know that. I recognize that. That reminds me of someone from my past. I don't really want to fuck with that. Um, Then that type of individual is probably not going to gravitate towards the type of communities that I build. And having curiosity is something that just leads to infinite possibilities. And so that was really one of the key markers when, you know, Archipelago in Phoenix was around is like, how curious is this person? And you can really start to sense that if you sit down and have a conversation, right? Like 
um, and asking people about themselves. And do they ask questions back? Do they get curious about what type of people are here and what sort of things we're creating? And uh, curiosity is, I would say, that benchmark for me of how curious is this person? How cur- how how comfortable are they with me being curious with them too, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that uh, we can have walls and if someone's too curious, why are you asking so many questions? <laughs> it's like, well, I'm legitimately trying to get to know you and like what excites you and what is your passion and what are you looking to create in this lifetime and who are you looking to be in this lifetime? I think that's where you start to find depth and we can have all sorts of different types of connections. And I think we need, there's going to be different seasons and reasons for the connections that come into our lives. And in order to create meaningful connections that have depth, that curiosity has to be a foundation. Yeah. Have you always been a person that's curious or is it that once you got into a situation where you were leading a lot of people that you're, you realized, oh, this is something I have to do like is it a skill you grew into or have you always been a curious person ooh that's a good one i think it's both right i um i have always been a very curious person i taught myself how to read when i was 3 <laughs> which is an aggressive oh. uh situation and i my mom makes a joke that i was like the only 3 year old on the block facing felony charges cuz i was like going into neighbors mailboxes to get things to read so i've i've always had an innate curiosity about me however i've also um had a very strong judgment programming i grew up in the church very right wing christian um i'm a grand pastor or my my grandfather was a pastor and so just very steeped in religion which comes with a lot of judgment and so i have had to really reprogram that judgment lens that was gifted to me <laughs> upon <laughs> arrival in in my human experience and really check myself and it's like where am i judging and i need to replace that with curiosity right now where am i assuming that i'm an expert in someone else's experience versus like laying that down and just asking what's actually coming up for them or where they're at and what do they need right now uh so it's it's definitely been and not or to that question. And I I feel grateful that I have a naturally curious spirit. There's also been many times in my life where I haven't led with curiosity. And I look back and like, that was absolutely the missing ingredient and thinking that I had all the answers or I knew what was best for a situation or a person. And uh, I would have benefited from slowing down and asking more questions and staying more curious versus assuming I I had the whole picture. Mm Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And now that I have another question then is from, because you you said you had experiences of, at this point, building three social clubs, mm-hmm. right? The Aspen and the, so it was Lululemon, Aspen, Archipelago. Yeah. The other one was Here House. Here House and Aspen are the same ones. Yeah. Okay. You know, Lululemon, definitely not a social club, but also very, very very heavy emphasis on community building within Lululemon. And that's how they build their businesses is by first going in and preceding a community, really getting in touch with local founders, entrepreneurs, fitness instructors, supporting them and building out their businesses and kind of pulling that all together in a space where, you know, we did host vision and goal workshops and we would throw parties. We got to, I got to do so much fun shit with Lululemon and Vail. Um, because it was a resort market and uh, that was a new space for that company at the time. And so I was given a lot of opportunity to really play with that and try things out and see how do we innovate in a community um, in order to grow our business. And so, yeah. Yeah. I'm interested. And how were you taking care of yourself? And I ask you because you mentioned that when it came and this was when I listened to your podcast, you made a comment about being in a relationship with a big group of people when you're leading a community. But I'm curious is, and I know you experienced burnout as well as you were building Archipelago, but even within that time, I mean, how were you taking care of yourself in order for you to be able to lead so many groups of people and like handle a whole community? Tell me more what else I 
there is to know about that side? You, there's so much to that side. I'm writing a book on it. <laughs> and the Cliff Notes version is there were some ways that I was taking care of myself pretty well in the archipelago days. And there were a lot of ways that I wasn't. Um, one of the scripts and programs that I've gotten to overcome in this lifetime and still get to wrestle with often is the people pleasing side of things. Um, and that can be a blessing in some situations to know how to read other people's emotions and kind of anticipate their moods and adapt accordingly. Um, I was often neglecting my own needs and not really recognizing I canceled so many vacations. I canceled all of my vacations when I was working at Archipelago and um, I wasn't giving myself enough downtime and felt like I had to carry it all on my shoulders um, often. And there, it really taught me a lot about what I was doing well and what I wasn't. And I recognized all of the things that we were giving to people in the community. Like, am I also receiving those for myself, right? And so things like massage and sound therapy have been really, really important to me over the last couple of years as ways to pour back into my body and really start to release some of the things that it's, it's stored for my life. And uh, meditation, journaling, those are things that really help with my metacognition and the way I think about things and understanding the lens that I'm looking at and viewing the world through because that impacts so much of what we're doing. And mm -hmm. uh, when I think about energy hygiene and the idea that we have to be prioritizing that, we have to be prioritizing that. We're not necessarily talking about that enough in especially like the startup and founders world. Um, because everything's all about the business. The business is right here. It's right in front of you. And so I was honestly really blessed with Archipelago that we offered so many of the things that I needed that I was able to get into a sound bath once a month. And I was able to get a massage and I was able to practice yoga, take care of my body. And um, there was also a lot of boundaries that I wasn't setting and holding. And there was a lot of people pleasing that I was doing in order to try and keep the peace. And um, yeah, so I, I guess I can say, looking back at a time when you knew me, I was maybe at a give myself a C on, <laughs> on my energy hygiene. And uh, now I would give myself I'm like on I'm on I think I'm in a status right now because I've just completely prioritized a different pace, um, a different set of priorities that leads with my needs first. And then my business gets even more of me after that. Now that I've taken care of my cup first, I think the analogy of pouring from an empty cup is something we've all heard, but we don't necessarily talk about like, what are the things that you're doing to fill up your cup and not a vacation every three months or six months, right? Like what are you doing every day? What are the small habits that you've built into your rituals? And rituals are something that um, I love working with founders on because it's like, what are the things that are your non-negotiables? What are you so committed and devoted to? Because you know that allows you to bring your elevated self into the space and <laughs> operate from there versus this like, crusty ass, butthurt, resentful, overscheduled, underslept version of yourself that's actually not serving the world in the way that you might desire to. So um, yeah, I've, I've learned a lot. I can't say that I've been doing it well all my life. In fact, I'd say that I've actually been doing it pretty poorly, which is why I got into burnout and why I was operating in that functional burnout. And once I could see that and really step out of it, this last year and a half has been a, a recovery journey for me and really understanding, okay, what are the things that are just non-negotiable at this point that no matter what I do, no matter who I'm serving and supporting and how I'm existing in the world, these things are my foundation of home. No mm -hmm. And that was a big part, you know, after Archipelago closed, um, I went on tour is what I called it. AKA, I that. I remember that. <laughs> AKA nomading. And um, I really, what that experience gave me was so many things, but I think the biggest one was this reckoning that like, no matter where I go, no matter 
who I'm with, no matter where I'm sleeping that night, no matter what town I'm in, no matter what's going on, what are the, what are my rituals that create home within myself? Because without an actual home, the only place left was, was me. Right. And so what are those things that I can feel like I'm home no matter where I'm at and the experiences that are happening around me. And and that's really where, um, meditation, journaling, cold showers, um, praying. Oh fuck. I pray so much. Uh. <laughs> Love praying now. Praying is also like the same thing. I would say for those that that word doesn't resonate with, because that word for me did not resonate for a very long time. I think I'm one of those people. Cause I grew up with the whole religious thing shoved thing. down my throat. And when I hear prayer, I'm like, oh. yeah, <laughs> I agree. I there's um, an episode on my podcast with Dr. Kate Jones. And I love she's, she and her husband, Dr. Brett Jones are kind of, they're just incredible humans, but really opened me up to this new way of thinking about prayer and really recognizing that it's meditating on an intention. Mm-hmm. And I love intentions. I teach an intentional AF workshop. It's a big part of all of the work that I do with my clients is really like grounding us in an intention. And what is your intention, whether it's on this call right now, or what is your intention for the day? I have an intention of the year every year right now. This is my faith year. And so recognizing that in speaking and directing energy into my intention and giving it up to a higher power, whether you want to call that God, universe, source, creator, the stars. Mm -hmm. I think that it's fair to say that something is operating outside of us that is also connecting all of us. And for me, prayer is an opportunity to really uh, declare my intentions to that source of energy and keep myself aligned in what it is that I am intending to do. So I have a question though, because you mentioned that you, it was, you were dealing with people pleaserness back when you burnt out, you build this community that people love each other. We still love each other. It's still impacting our lives. I still have so much FOMO. <laughs> I like, it's hard to watch social media sometimes like, fuck, do I need to go back to Phoenix? Yeah. I, just for recap, for the people that don't know, Archipelago was started in Phoenix, but she now lives in Oklahoma right oh, now. Oh yeah. Now I'm in Tulsa. What up, yeah. Tulsa? Yeah. <laughs> so that probably... Uh, makes more sense with the FOMO. But I'm curious is, where's your relationship with people pleaserness with wanting to because you seem like a person that you have so much heart and you just love so much. And you you just seem like you're just a bleeding heart. But now it's like, okay, wait, I got to take care of myself. So what mental shifts have you had to make from serving people, but it's like, oh, wait, I got to take care of myself. And, and you tell me, do you experience guilt or did you go to a men- through a mental process to do that? Or what was that like? I'm in with the heat on these questions, <laughs> ma'am. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I think alignment is really important, right? Learning how to feel in your body and not just necessarily with know with your mind when you're in and out of alignment. So then that there is a boundary to set. Um, And I've gotten really curious about my yeses and my nos in the last, I would say year and a half and really a big season of it just here in the last like three to six months of what am I saying yes to that's actually not serving me. And I'm saying yes out of a place of scarcity, right? Like I really got very clear that I was saying like, I'm so such a yes woman. I fucking love saying yes. I'm so good at saying yes. I'm like, oh, you want me to come help with that? Yeah. You want me to come to that thing? Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was yes the fuck out and really was recognizing that so much of my energy and my people pleasing was coming through my yeses. And my yeses were coming from a place of scarcity of like, oh, if I don't say, I, and here, this is great. Like, it's like when you invite someone out to do something, they're like, no. And then you invite someone out to do something again. No. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to keep inviting you if you keep saying no. And so I've had that like, okay, well, I need to show that I am interested in this person. And like, let me say, yes, I want to support them. Just like, I, you know, hopefully one day they'll support me and like all of this. And yeah, I was saying yes to people out of scarcity. And I've really 
been in a season of saying no from a place of abundance and worth and embodiment and alignment and love and gratitude because I, in my little brain, had it mixed up that no was scarcity and yes is abundance. Mm. And they can be. Mm-hmm. They can be. However, like what's operating underneath your yeses and your nos? And if you sit and get really quiet, like, are you saying, yes to this date because you think that there's not going to be another opportunity with this person or someone that could be more aligned. So you're just saying yes, because that's from the scarcity. Are you saying, no, thank you. I'm not, this doesn't feel in alignment or this doesn't align with my schedule right now. You know, um, that's been probably the biggest shift for me to make is really getting curious about where my yeses and nos were coming from and the energy that was behind my yeses and nos and really starting to like pull that back in. And like, when can I give a hell yes or a hell no? And both of them come from a lot of love and alignment. Yeah, that's fascinating. I actually love hearing that so much that no can also mean abundance And no can also mean like it's going to be okay. And yeah, I really like that. And I'm curious now, looking more into the future, when it comes to building community, I know your plans are, or I guess I want to know, it's like, what's your take on building community online? Because the internet's not going away. Yep, And you've had this experience and seen how powerful the human to human connection is, but now more communities are being built online. So I'm curious is what do you think is, I don't know, secret ingredient or like, what does it take to create unity online with people beyond just the amount of people that can fit in one room? million dollar question right here (laughs) because actually all of my communities have been in person. And so as I transition into a new chapter of my life uh, in creating, like, what does it look like to create online community that for me, it's got to be both. It's, it's definitely an and situation. Again, it's not going to be one or the other to me, because like we talked about that in real life connection is just more important than ever. And, you know, Archipelago had a firm stance on we are in real life only. And I also saw that we were missing an opportunity. One, we we had capacity issues at Archipelago, right? The, the disco jungle room could only hold 22 people and that was packed as fuck, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens for all the people that wanted to come to that attachment theory workshop, but there wasn't space for us to hold them. And there wasn't a a total receptiveness to thinking outside. Okay. Well, can we start to live stream stuff so that we can grow our presence? Can we, um, you know, can we start to think outside the box of how we do build a hybrid? And I think that's where I'm at now Mm -hmm. in, creating content and courses that people consume online, but that can also translate into real life experiences. I think that some of the more learning and the consumption of like concepts and theories can be housed online and a way for people to connect and network, but knowing that the secret sauce for me and what I'm creating is always going to be the immersive in real life experiences, because that's where, that's where you get to feel people's energy at the greatest level, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. what we actually feed off the most as that in that human to human connection. There's, there's a disconnect when there's a screen between us and it's, yeah, it's honestly something I'm still navigating and figuring out like, okay, what does a really strong community have online. And I think there's some identity markers that need to be present, um, connection points that need to be present. And I'm really excited to continue exploring it because it's a whole new frontier for me. Mm -hmm. What do you mean identity markers? Uh, you know, in the space that I'm currently in, my my current headspace and vision is like that identity marker for me is founders. 
right? Like that's an easy thing that people can say that I, I get that, or I want to be that, or that's not me. And that is going to just make it really clear, like who this is for and who it's not for, because that's one of the challenging parts of community. And you said something earlier Mm -hmm. and it's like, you have to have a clear identity of who your audience is, who are you here to serve? Because yes, while your product might serve everyone and everyone in the world could benefit from it. Like if you're just saying, Hey, everybody come get my thing. Mm-hmm. That's not enough to grab someone's attention and be like, Oh, she's talking to me. Mm-hmm. She understands me. I think there's, there's a level of understanding that comes in once we start to identify who we're speaking to and who we're serving. And there's a relatability that happens when it's like, Oh, you're a founder fuck, you know, so many of the problems that I'm dealing with then too, like just automatically from the jump, like we can sit here and talk about the never ending to-do list. We can talk about the social relationships or intimate relationships, family relationships that begin to suffer when you start a business. We can start to talk about the mental health issues that come in. We can start, there's, there's just a commonality in pain points and successes that we share through common and different identities. Right. Um, I'm also, like as much as I love that, I also love creating diversity and identity because there's, I believe that this world is already so divided and we have so many like, oh, I'm not this, I'm not that. How do we create diverse spaces within specific identities? Because mm-hmm. we are so much stronger together once we realize that just because you love a different type of person or your skin is a different shade or you come from a different country. Like we're all the fucking same on the inside. We're Mm -hmm. all walking around with our little meat suits that look different on the outside, but like on the inside, we all have emotions. We all have energy. We all have these thoughts that are fucking running us wild. And we all have the same opportunities to recognize that we're all here on this planet going through different versions of the same thing and that our power and healing comes from recognizing that, that while you and I might be different in our life experiences and some of the things that we like to identify as, or the world likes to put our identifications on, there's actually so much more we have to offer each other when we can get curious and like, let me tell me more what it's like to be a Latina woman that grew up in Utah in the Mormon church, because that sounds like a whole ass experience, (laughs) you know? And like, so it's like, how do we, again, it goes back to that curiosity and and recognizing we've got more to offer and teach each other than sometimes we realize. It has me thinking that it's like to have closeness and it's like you want to be very specific to be able to give an audience or a community that effect of closeness but it's like how do we have closeness but diversity and include inclusivity like not so much where we've just excluded people but it's like balancing those two of being specific enough to be able to feel closeness and to be able to have impact and an effect on a community but also it being inclusive of everybody else in the world within this specific commonality we're coming together in. Yeah. And I think it's about finding like energetic matches. Yeah. You know, like, and that's, that's what's interesting about human design to me. And what was so fascinating to see the archipelago community, like so many people latched on to human design as we baked that into the culture there because it's it's a way to identify and yet also relate outside of the fucking boxes that this current world and its systems wants to put us in and keep us divided from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do we create more spaces where it doesn't matter what you look like or who you love or how old you are? All that matters is that you have a curious spirit and that you like to learn and do fruit by the foot roll-up races. <laughs> yes. It sounds like coming together based on shared values, but not on shared Absolutely. like a I, identity. Ex- external identities. And yeah. like there's 
Like I will say, especially as a white woman, like I think that there's absolutely a time and place for marginalized communities to have their support systems and their their communities. Absolutely. That's not to say that that's not the way to go. I just also know that there is a lot of power and a lot of healing when we can set those identities to the side and recognize that we all have trauma. Mm-hmm. We all have trauma and we all have a responsibility to get rid of it. And if we choose that in this lifetime, right, there's also, that's not going to be for everybody in this lifetime. And the people who do choose that and do choose to be vulnerable in a space that maybe is not what their typical identity group looks like, like there is so much value in that. And that's where um, I'll never... I, I'm never to say that like, you know, a BIPOC group or LGBTQ group, like any of any of the groups to support those specific experiences that those humans are having in their lifetime aren't a good thing by all means, please find your community where you find your community and find a safe space where you can learn to let your heart open a little bit and let your guard down a little bit around others who you can learn from that have a different experience than you. Mm-hmm. I agree. I I thought that came to my mind was even like, like how with women, sometimes we have like our only women's spaces, but it is nice to have like when men also, we get to share based on shared experiences where some things are just a human experience, not just a woman experience. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I love that we also within Archipelago had those moments, right? Mm-hmm. I love that there were the twerk shops for the ladies. I love that there was a men's group for the men. I love that we had uh, a black student union. Like we had like all of these different groups that naturally form within under a bigger umbrella to support each other in different ways. And yet there were also so many experiences where we just got to be this big cultural melting pot that was able to pour into each other and and create so many unlikely friendships that probably wouldn't have happened outside of those four walls because we tend to keep ourselves in our little boxes because of the experiences that we've had. And it's so understandable. And the world truly does need more safe spaces uh, to be able to explore and get outside of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And thanks for sharing that. And I, as a person who's been witness of that, I I just agree and hear what you're saying. So, but I appreciate you sharing all of this with us so far. And it makes me interested to see how things are going to look like in the future. To close this off, I'm curious, I want to know more is what should we look forward to when it comes to you and your line of work, um, building community online and in person? What can we expect more from you? Girl, there's so much. <laughs> I've been in hermit mode. Buckle up. Um, <laughs> um, I've been in hermit mode, really creating kind of some core offers around the things I've been teaching for the last 10 or 15 years. Um, I've got, I've been working on an app as kind of the thing to start testing with like, where is the online space that people that I work with can gather? Uh, And so that is very close to being officially rolled out. It's actually already in the app store, but I'm not really telling people that yet because I got to get my branding shit together. (laughs) And um, yeah, creating creating experiences where people can come together and group coaching is one of my favorite things of all time. One-on-one coaching is really fun as well, but group coaching gives that community feel and it gives an opportunity for people to, uh, meet people they wouldn't otherwise have met and recognize that, oh my gosh, you're working on the same shit that I am. And so I, this past year, I've done an energy hygiene bootcamp. I've done um, a thought reprogramming bootcamp and in January, I'll be doing a vision and goals bootcamp. And then I'll host a group cohort for the, for each of those three offers um, each year. And then it'll also just live on the community platform. So if people want to do it on their own pace, or they're like, I can't wait till January to start learning about blah, let me do it now. Um, Really accessibility is something that's super important to me and finding ways to get this information to whoever's ready for it. 
so the the app is going to be a big next step as like the online clubhouse and uh, writing a book that really tells my founder story and kind of outlines a lot of these different frameworks and practices that I found to be just really integral to be able to find that elusive work-life balance. And I, uh, um, I've i got a retreat that's going to be happening in Mexico as by far and away, my favorite growth experiences are immersive multi-day experiences. Like I am a sucker for a good retreat. <laughs> and so um, I'm really excited to be going to uh, Mexico and getting outside of, it's outside of Tulum. We're not doing the typical Tuluminati trip. Nope. We're going to the jungle. <laughs> We're going to the jungle. We are going to learn and be with uh, local wisdom keepers and really learn about the ideas and like, let's have a cacao ceremony with someone who's been having cacao ceremonies in their lineage for thousands and thousands of years. Cold plunges are cool now, but like cenotes are, you know, where they started. And, you know, so starting to really help people recognize that so many of these things that are catching fire right now in the wellness world actually come from ancient wisdom traditions. Mm. And we need to be honoring and respecting those lineages and uh, paying respects to them and recognize that carrying these practices forward and these rituals forward is a responsibility of our generation. And going to the source to be with them and to learn from them is uh, something that's really important to me. And so, yeah, all sorts of different options and ways for people to engage. The podcast is still banging. Um, I love a good podcast. I'm so excited to have you on mine as well. It's going to yeah. be dope. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, the book, the book is in process. And that has been just a whole <laughs> a whole experience. I'm like, oh, I got to put all my shit on the table for all of us to look at and read. Okay. Okay. So it's been um, a journey of going to my edges and back and really uh, finding a lot of clarity and vulnerability in hopes of helping people realize that they are not alone in this and that my way is by no way the way. And it's a way that's been really helpful um, for a lot of different people. And so starting to get that out into the world a little bit more uh, concisely. And I just, I love books. I love books. I've had a book goal since I was probably three. So um, yeah, I'm really excited for the direction uh, and really supporting founders specifically. Like I said, founders are the most, one of the most special groups that I identify with and have been serving for so long and have such a unique set of problems and gifts and pain points. And uh, we're in a very interesting time in humanity. And how do we create more conscious companies? How do we create uh, sustainability in our work lives? And how do we create things that are meaningful? And how do we do that without losing our shit? <laughs> it's, it's going to take, you know, it's, this is a collective issue that we have on our hands. And I'm excited to really be able to bring founders together in a new way and offer resources and support to them. Um, that's also fun. I feel like fun was a big part of what uh, Archipelago was that oh, yeah. communities can kind of miss a lot of the times. It, it, like it's got to be so serious about shit. Like it's got to be a business community or it's got to be a church community or it's got to be a yoga community. It's like, can we just yeah. show up and like giggle? Yes. With and, like shake our ass. And, 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 and have like fun. We had to drink. It felt like fun self-development with a little bit of woo, but there was practicality to it. And it was genuine human-to-human -human connection of everyone being so close without alcohol. Like alcohol, even if it was there, it was like an enhancement, yeah. not what I see other communities use to keep people together. But really, if alcohol wasn't there, people would be like, what am I doing here? And I think you've been so successful at that. So I'm I'm excited to see what the future is going to look like for you. So thank you. Uh, I me too. Me too. I love what you said and noticed about alcohol because yeah, alcohol's a funny little thing. 
It's a funny little thing that can keep us trapped and distracted and ultimately creating community in an authentic way is removing some of the distractions and removing some of the masks that we wear and allowing ourselves to be seen uh, without the sippy cup is what's coming to mind. Um, And that's, that's vulnerable, right? Like that is vulnerability. I know I used alcohol to mask for a very long time and it's like, oh, where's my drink? Even if I'm not going to drink it, I just, I just need to have a drink in my hand. And it's like, I get that feeling so, so, so much. I love what you said though about curiosity though. Cause I think curiosity, you know, it's something that I even implement to my life all the time. And it's, it's, it's like the elixir that I've used to bond and connect with people. It's been like, honestly, like the biggest, like secret sauce to so much of my life, business relationships, romantic relationships, friendships, is just to genuinely be curious about people, hearing them out. Yep. And even in networking settings. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. There, there's so many takeaways from this that I'm excited to even listen to it again slowly. But is there anything else, any final nuggets of wisdom you want to share in regards to just community, being authentic, and keeping your head straight as you're doing all these things? Hmm. That was such a long-winded question. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm. I like to listen before I'm just like... I I think I really want to encourage people to find a ritual that they can become so completely devoted to that connects them back into themselves first and foremost. I think that it's really easy to recognize that we need community and start to like community hop and maybe fit into like whatever that community is the identity or the representation that they're, they're making. And and if you're not fully plugged into yourself first and foremost, it's really easy to get lost in community and open yourself up for some community harm or trauma and um, find find yourself first and foremost and find the ritual that supports you and and always staying plugged in and connected to that and put yourself out there like let your let your light shine and know that like your little freak flag is actually the the thing to like be leading with and you'll find more authentic community in that um and stay grateful just stay grateful recognize that everything is here for you to learn from and be with stay grateful and curious around what is being presented to you in your life and that will shift um a lot a lot in the experience that you're having mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your wisdom. And last thing we got to add is your IG. So tell me your handles to find you. Well, make one day happen is my IG handle. Y'all, I'm on TikTok. We got all the things, but like it's a process. But make one day happen is where you can find all of my community stuff. Um, My personal is Sheena Jean. It looks like Shanna. It's pronounced Sheena. My mom was loopy from the birthing drugs they passed out back in the day. And she's like, you can change it. I was like, no, I'll just tell everybody the story. It's fine. <laughs> so um, I've got one of those curious names that people are like, how do I say this? I'm like, it's Sheena. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so grateful for you. I, oh man, I just, I, Archipelago wouldn't have been the same without you. And I'm just so glad that you were able to sneak in there and get a taste of the magic and the secret sauce that we were creating. And I really look forward to having you a part of um, what's to come in the future and seeing what you bring into the world. You have a very special light, ma'am. You have a very special light. (laughs) And as you shine yours brighter and brighter, it gives uh, so many other people permission to do the same. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. We'll catch you on the next episode. Love you. Bye.